Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joseph. Joining us on the show is Brian from BC Strength Training down in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the show, Brian. How are you doing today? Yeah, thanks for having me. Doing real good. Good. I am glad to hear that. And Brian, I am excited today to you know dive into what it is that you're doing at your gym facility. But before we dive into the nitty gritty business side of things, why don't you share with our listeners your inspiration behind you know becoming a gym owner? Yeah. Um, so I had a, a just an interesting journey through through my career. I started out as an athletic trainer. Um, in 2008, uh, recession hit, so athletic training wasn't really a lucrative job mm-hmm. anymore. Um, so that's when I got into personal training. Um, and you know, the thing that I always wanted to do with personal training is kind of bridge the gap between what like a clinical setting was and what the gym kind of had to offer. Um, so the idea behind it was, uh, you know, if PT is more from like a rehabilitative standpoint, we were going to do all the preventative stuff so you could not have to go see a PT all the time. Um, and that's that kind of started the the journey and the process through that. And I really had um, a, a cool, uh, a couple gyms that I worked for along the way had more clinical type settings that allowed me to learn what the the backside of setting something up like that ultimately would look like. Um, and you know, just having good mentors along the way really helps, you know? Yeah. So it sounds like you've always liked having that, you know, clinical approach of actually fixing the problems that your clients have and not just selling them a quick program, making a quick buck. Um, so, so with that, why don't you, you know, share with our listeners, your elevator pitch. So what services do you offer to your members? So the way that we look at training here is we're, we're prescribing movement patterns that people use throughout the day, sitting down, standing up, picking things up. And then we're just applying them to exercises that we can train and control the stress in the gym that we put on the body. Um, the way I would sell it to people is all those little repetitive use injuries, those little like neck strains and shoulder impingements, we can get rid of all that stuff, right? We can recorrect posture. The byproduct of that is, you know, everybody knows the the looking good, getting the big muscles and things like that, uh, really. But what we're about in here is just moving better. Just, you know, mm-hmm. moving better is going to equal a better quality of life for sure. So with the functional movements, is that mainly through one-on-one personal training, semi-private, small group? What does that look like for you? So most of the gym centers around one-on-one training. Um, each session's an hour long. We do some partner training, but like the meat and potatoes of the gym is, is one-on-one training. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and each client, we're, we're working off of a foundation of a program, but each client gets their own individual folder that we keep notes on, that we can expand on the program. You know, ultimately, I tell our clients, like, we're building the program together, um, mm-hmm. and that's what we're working to do through every session. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that's really how the gym is set up. Um, just very small, very private. Um, you know, it's 
I always tell clients it's a little bit more of like a teacher student relationship versus like me just being a trainer and like barking orders at them the whole time. Mm -hmm. So more of like a personalized coach to client relationship. Okay. Yeah. So, so with the one-on-one personal training, you mentioned that you really like to have the, you know, smaller close knit environment there. So what is the size of your, you know, gym facility? So the gym facility, now mind you, it's in the city. (laughs) Um, So right now it's about 750 square feet. Um, But the thing that makes the gym really unique that I had to to do to adapt to um, all the strains that COVID put on gyms and gym owners. um, So I replicated the inside. There's an outside part that looks exactly like the inside part. And I bought a lot of equipment that's easy that you could transition inside and outside. So it's 750 square feet inside, but then you can almost double that with the outside use. Um, The other part of the gym that's unique is uh, when COVID hit, uh, basically I had a a little bit of equipment and one of the pieces I had was a sled with plates. Um, there's an empty lot next door to the gym and the woman that owns the lot, Angie was, was very gracious and allowed me to use that. Um, and it, it did a couple of things It expanded the size of the gym so I could take people outdoors. Um, but it also gave it visibility because, you know, in a, an area like DC where I live in Shaw in particular, it's, it's densely populated. So just pulling the sled back and forth peaked all kinds of interest and the business kind of grew organically just by going outside and training people. So it was really, really nice luxury to have. I still have access to that. And of course I got to expand on all the fun equipment that we use next door, which was personally a fun process. And my clients liked it too. (laughs) So since you have the inside working space, the little bit of outside working space, and also that kind of lot there for you know the you know the sled pushes and any other accessory movements there how many clients are you serving right now uh so right now it's just me uh so it's it's um, 25 to 30 clients are on the books um we're we're going to currently we're we're looking to expand the operation so within the next month or two we're going to look for a new space um and and the key thing that we're going to do is we'll bring in another trainer i keep saying where I am working in tandem with a, a dietitian right now to add some diversity to the programming mm-hmm. in the gym. So it's not just me by myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So moving into, let's just say you get a new facility a month, two months from now, where do you want that business to be in 12 months from you know then? Uh, well, I'd, I'd like to, to replicate this sounds a little conceited, but I'd like to replicate myself. You know, I'd like to, you know, if I'm getting anywhere from like 45 to 55 appointments a week, I would Mm -hmm. like to bring another trainer in that can instill the same values that that I have for BC strength training and all the clients that come through, um, bring them in and, and also, you know, give them an opportunity. I mean, I've been a trainer for 15 years, so I've kind of fought through the rigors of what, what that's been like, you know, just from simple things like tax write-offs, getting an accountant that can help you like set up a business, what it's like to be an independent contractor. Cause a lot of people don't know how to do that stuff and it can really derail a trainer's career. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that, that I think that both, you know, if we bring a trainer in and they can, 
get right the stuff that I want BC strength training to have, and then I can help them in turn. It could be a good partnership. So that's really what we're looking for in terms of expansion, you know, just bringing a trainer in that we, again, can help, help him grow his career and then help, help the gym grow on the back end as well. So from a marketing sense, what are you doing to consistently generate new interest in the business? Well, so I, I mean, it's word of mouth is huge. Um, you know, so making sure that everybody that, that shows interest in the gym, you're doing the best that you can to accommodate them. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, taking the time, honestly, as a gym owner, I think sometimes people neglect this, but taking the time every day to get back to people through email, through phone calls, through text messages, um, even if it's somebody that says, you know, I, I just want one session and I never want to see you again, um, mm -hmm. responding to them and being professional. Um, I think the other thing, uh, you know, marketing wise, um, just being diligent and, and being patient. So we use, you know, Facebook, we use LinkedIn, we use Nextdoor. Um, and, and it's not just posting ads like, you know, every once in a while. I mean, it's like, you know, every two or three days posting ads and, and really being patient. Um, it only takes a little bit of time. You can always copy and post some things. Um, but, you know, it's just getting that kind of exposure and people seeing it. And, and that's what's going to get you a client here or there. You know, and you can build your client base out doing that. Um, I think we talked earlier about it, too. The other thing that we have at the gym that might be a little unique is just a big sign with, with the logo on it and the website on it. And you'd be surprised in a city like DC, how many people see it. And that just sparks interest as well. Mm -hmm. So, so with the, the uh, social media, is that primarily on Facebook? Well, so we, a lot of the videos and stuff that we post about the gym is on Instagram, oh, okay. um, but, but they, but we also post along this, there's a, uh, the gym has a uh, page on Facebook that has stories with all the stuff that we're doing there. Um, has all the community activity that we do. Um, we adopted two blocks right around the gym. So every like three or four months, we have a block cleanup, um, which was a lot of fun. We did clothing drives this year, food drives two years ago. So it's, they have all that stuff on the, the social media page. Mm -hmm. So really getting the community involved with what you guys are doing. Um, so so you mentioned ads. So are those organic, you know, just pieces of content or are you also doing paid ads to, you know, reach a larger audience around DC? So right now uh, I pay somebody to do my social media ads, but they're amateurish. <laughs> um, just taking a lot of videos uh, um, and having her post with, you know, different hashtags and different times of day, things like that. Um, and, and I mean, word of mouth, I think goes a long way in a personal training style gym, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's really comes back to that, I think. And it's, uh, just being professional with everybody that comes through, making sure that they leave here with a good taste in their mouth, that they enjoyed their experience. Um, you know, I think that that's probably the best thing in terms of marketing that you can do for growing a gym, the style of gym that I'm running here. Yeah. Well, like with this specific model, it definitely is because it's one-on-one -on -one personal training. Cause you have to have that one-to-one -one connection 
to build trust, to build, you know, the authority frame with the client. So they actually listen to what you have to say and you're able to collaborate. Um, so for our listeners, so they have a you know better understanding of the advertising and paying someone else. How has that experience been for you and how is it either benefited the business or not so benefited the business? Uh, so I'll give you a, a quick story when we started using social media, how it benefited the business. So um, one of the things when I first started the business, uh, I bought a lot of equipment that I, I had handwritten all the programming and everything. So I was buying pieces of equipment that I had used through my journey as a, a strength athlete. Um, and when I was buying that, I didn't realize that when I was building the clientele, I was getting nothing but guys were interested in the gym. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what I did is I, we reached out to the social media person and she started posting pictures of the dietitian that I have on staff, Kylie, she was just lifting in the gym and I was training her and we would just start posting pictures of it when we started posting pictures of it, more females started to think, well, this isn't just a meathead throw the weights around kind of gym. Like this is a serious, like, you know, let's learn some movements and learn how to program all that fun stuff. It, it diversified our client base. Mm -hmm. um, and now the gym's taken on, like we talked about earlier, more of a community feel because there's, there's female athletes, there's male athletes, everybody's kind of working around the same framework. It, it isn't just a, a stigma of like a meathead guys kind of gym. I don't think that would have been accomplished if we weren't using social media and, and kind of displaying and marketing the stuff that was going on around the gym with the dietitian that we had hired to help with some of the programming mm -hmm. um, made a big difference. So it so it definitely helped out when it came to getting more of a specific audience in. Well, it 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 did just the opposite, right? I think like as a, a personal trainer, the one thing that I didn't want to do with the business is pigeonhole myself into like a, a certain demographic saying like this gym is just for powerlifters or this is just for CrossFit. I kind of learned that lesson when I went through uh, coaching athletes and understanding that that's a very specific demographic. That's a very specific piece of the population. And I didn't want to do that again. I wanted the doors open for anybody that wanted to train and was willing to learn that, that I could help. I wanted them to, to be a part of BC strength training. So mm -hmm. I think that that's what the social media did. It showed that this, although there's a lot of meathead equipment, there's barbells, there's, you know, there's all kinds of carrying heavy dumbbells and stuff. That's not the kind of gym it is. It's, it's very much about injury prevention technique. And, you know, if the byproduct is you can lift 500 pounds, then we have the weights to accommodate that, you know? Mm -hmm. It really depends on what their goal is. If they want to live like lift heavy or not, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But the limitation isn't, you know, to like a specific kind of training. Okay, so, so through the social media, you are able to present to an audience of like, hey, I am able to train both men, women, whatever goals you may have. Um, which I'm really happy to hear that. Um, so, so moving forward, you know, let's just say two months from now, you get this facility. What is the main focus for that new facility? 
just continuing to expand the amount of people that we can reach and help. Um, I, I really truly believe after, I mean, I've spent, you know, 15 years really working hard on designing this, the, the programming. And I really think that I built a program that it, it could, anybody could benefit from um, moving around better and, and learning how to use your body better is something that every person could benefit from. And I, I really believe that the gym has, the formula to do that. Um, if we can get into a bigger space and we can bring in somebody else that, that buys into how we do things here, um, you know, that, that just helps more people in the community, um, mm -hmm. you know, past the next couple years, if there's a way that we can expand that into diversifying what kinds of crowds we can help um, right now, a personal trains kind of designed where, it's it's built for people that have a lot of disposable income. Um, mm. I would like to be able to reach other people around my community, um, because again, it's I, I think the programming anybody could benefit from, and and mm. that kind of education. I mean, there's a lot of power in you know the ability of somebody to go into a gym and knowing exactly what to do, how to train their body the proper ways, how to prevent injury, or if you sustain an injury, how to go into a gym and utilize the tools in the gym to overcome it. So you're not spending hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars in insurance fees and things like that. Like you can start figuring some of this stuff out on your own, you know, take the onus upon yourself a little bit. It, it gives you a lot of power to know that you can do things on your own, you know, mm -hmm. and it increases your conviction in yourself when it comes to training or, or whatever it may be in life. Yeah. Um, so I am so excited for what you have in store in the next couple of months and the next year or so, um, especially with this new facility we're talking about. So what is the process look like to get that trainer or those trainers in when that time comes, like comes to you? Yeah, I, it's, you have to have a plan. You know, I think sometimes mistakes can be made where you're like trying to just fly by the seat of your pants. I, I think that making sure you have a sound business plan um, and a foundation to work off of um, is, is the way that this transition is going to be easy, at least a little bit easier. <laughs> I mean, it's always going to be hard, right? Um, but yeah. I think if, if we have a plan in place, which we do, um, and I'm confident that, you know, we have great clients at, at BC strength training. So I think that the transition will be as painless as possible. Um, and I'm honestly looking forward to the challenge. I think we have a, a good opportunity here. And, and like I said, I'm very excited to hopefully move into a new space, expand the size and, and get more people in here that we can start helping out, you know? Yeah. Growth is, is on the mind. Growth, growth is just exciting. Yeah. Um, one final question here for you, Brian. Why don't you share with our listeners that one piece of advice that you wish you had when you first got into personal training itself and also running your own gym business? Well, so I, I think the thing that's it, for now, this has served me well. Um, I think that being flexible is, is the, the biggest thing. I think that when I first got into training, I was very stuck in, in my ways and, and it, it hurt me, my growth as a personal trainer. Um, in a programming standpoint, how I wanted you know, my business to work in the early stages, I think flexibility is the most important thing because at the end of the day, 
what you want as a trainer is you want people that are consistently coming in on to to see you because that's mm-hmm. the way you're going to help them you know it I've, I've, i know so many trainers like brilliant trainers that just aren't very good at getting people and, and keeping them in so it's it's not a, a matter of having the greatest program in the world right mm-hmm. it's it's creating a experience for a client that they enjoy coming in every time they enjoy seeing you and if that means it's not training in the most hardcore way that you would do that be okay with that you know that's that's how you're going to grow your business as a trainer so the the advice i would give is is be flexible for sure yeah so so would you also like consider a part of the flexibility with having a connection with the client yeah i mean it's look it's personal training for a reason that's that's 50 percent of what your job title is right personal mm-hmm. training you mm-hmm. absolutely need to be versed in training and know how to set up programming but you also have to have a personality because you know like i said before there's plenty of people out there that know how to put a program together that know how exercises work it's can you take that knowledge and teach it to somebody um, mm-hmm. I think that's where the personal side of things come in. So it's, I, I mean, I, I had a, a guy tell me it was kind of at the middle of my career. I wish I would have known it early on, but you know, a personal trainer, one of the things that you should be schooled in is psychology. Um, not just, you know, the kinesiology, physiology, exercise science stuff, which again is really important, but psychology, like knowing how to reach people on a, a deeper connection than just showing them a training program. Um, that's how you're going to keep them motivated coming back and, and wanting to learn more about the process of keeping their body injury or, or uh, injury free. Which will also benefit the business because mm-hmm. you keep the clients, the more money you're able to bring in, the more results you're able to provide them, the more marketing you can have organically through the word of mouth, as you said, you know, with that sign, with just being around people. You know, having yeah. that dense population there in DC, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head, like injured clients don't help anybody out, right? They're not coming no. getting in shape. They're not paying the business to come in. So it's, it's bad for everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's bad for them, for you, for the business, for everyone else around them. Everyone. Um, in- <laughs> literally. And sometimes it's really bad, but, um, Brian, it looks like we're running short on this episode, but before we sign off, why don't you share with our listeners your social medias and your website so they can find you? Yeah, it's uh, bcstrengthtraining.com is the website. Uh, Email is bcstrengthtraining at gmail.com. And then the Instagram page is bcstrengthtrainingdc. Um, and that's where you'll see all the, the awesome training, the, the clients of the month, all the fun stuff we're doing in the community. There we go. Well, uh, Brian, I want to thank you for hopping on the podcast today. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, this was great. Really enjoyed the experience. Thanks for having me. Of course. And to all of our listeners who tune in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym model, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. 
But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam Chop, and with me is the one and only Matt Dryden with the Body Shop Fitness Centers that are open 24-7. Matt, how's it going today? Yeah, it's wonderful. Beautiful day. Love to hear it. And you're uh, over in Wisconsin, is that right? Yep, Northwest Wisconsin. Awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I'm from the Midwest, so you know I definitely uh, enjoy a nice, uh, cool winter and you know all the scenery that comes with it. So, absolutely, a frost tip trees, beautiful, beautiful scenery. Love, love this time of year. But I if it was a little shorter. I'd be very happy. Right, right. Yeah, it seems like it's going to reverse. The winters get a little longer. The summers get a little shorter. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Well, uh, appreciate taking the time to hop on our show today. I'm super excited to dive into everything that you've done and you know your two facilities now. So with that being said, Matt, I'm going to go ahead and open up to you. Go ahead and give our listeners a background on yourself, you know, maybe your experiences, what led you into the Body Shop Fitness Centers and kind of just everything in between. Sure. Um, What really started is I've worked with my hands my whole life. I just absolutely love working with people. I found that to be one of the things that I really enjoyed about any job I had. So Years ago, late 80s, I decided uh, I'm going to be in law enforcement. Family was in law enforcement. I can do good, positive work, um, got into it, loved it. I mean, it was right up my alley. But then I really started to get into training, and training specialized weapons, training different tactics. And then it really made me open my eyes to what I really enjoyed doing was helping people become better at what they do. And then I realized I really don't like my job anymore. I like that part of my job. So during that seven and a half years of working in law enforcement, I um, went and started studying on personal training and realized I really had a passion there. So um, worked with the technical colleges. I, I taught there for some law enforcement academy stuff. And then they started putting me in for in-services, like how can our officers be healthier? You know, what can we do physically? You know, you're sitting in a car all day long, you know, and what are you doing? You're going through the fast through food to get lunch and then you're hanging around and then you go home, maybe have a couple of beers at night. So it's not the healthiest lifestyle for most of them. Um, so we started to try to put programs together for law enforcement correctional officers to try to be healthier. And then I'm like, this is really what I want to do. And then um, my brother and I joined Gold's Gym. Uh, the same day we went in, we were shooting some hoops. I shoot, shot one shot from the free throw line. I'm going to get my rebound, step forward, ruptured my Achilles tendon. So that was that was the end of anything physical when it came to uh, our Gold's Gym membership. And within the next eight months, I had relocated to Shell Lake, where my hometown is, um, left law enforcement and bought a small existing gym and started my own fitness center and started to do really what I wanted to do. And it was a very, very tough go at it. We had, um, when I first started, um, you know, it was, it was one of the things I was turned down by bank after bank after bank. Um, I thought for sure, this is not what I was supposed to be doing in my life. Something, you know, I made the wrong decision. 
And, um, you know, for me, I'm a very faithful guy. So one day the bank out of the blue that had my paperwork said, Hey, we want to, we want to work with you. And it was one of those God moments for me is where it's like, you know, everything was dead in the water. I had nothing, I had nothing else to give. I, I had exhausted all my resources and I was done. And then this door opened up and then it became, okay, now what am I going to do with it? And, uh, so we started my fitness facility. I think I bought the fitness facility, the building, well, it's probably 3,600 square feet. So it's a, it's a decent sized building right in our town. Our town's only 1300 people. Um, so I knew I wasn't going to get rich at this for that's for sure. But, um, it was one of those things that, you know, I wanted to move forward on. And I think I moved in, I think I might've had 45, 50 members paying members, you know, at 30, $28 a, a month or something. So it was, <laughs> it was a tough go. And then I reinvested a ton of money into the building because it needed to be updated and different equipment and things. So I slowly started to build what I wanted my brand to be. And we called it the body shop fitness center because like, again, I want it, I want it to be a whole, the whole body, you know, um, a good place to come, you know, for socialization. Um, we've offered some different things through different supplement companies, vitamin companies and things like that. I want it to be something where people could come feel comfortable. Um, you know, one of the things I've always felt when I went to big gyms is it becomes a meat market. Boy, you you know, do you have the right tennis shoes on? Are they the, are they the right brand? Are you wearing the right clothing? Um, and when you're living in a town of 1300 people, man, take a look around, you know, and, and you got pretty average people. And that's sort of where I wanted to be is to open this up to people that probably wouldn't do, you know, fitness. And now we're up to two locations. We're up to 400, 400 members, which isn't a lot of people I've, I've heard on the podcast. I mean, they're way bigger than I am. Um, but I'm very, very happy with where I am and what we've been able to do in our communities through the school systems and things, um, just brings me a ton of joy. Awesome, Matt. I appreciate that story. And, you know, it's, you know, I was talking to the last people and, you know, fitness comes in all shapes and sizes, you know, whether you're small, whether you're big, whether you have 400 members, whether you have 40 members or, you know, your global gym and you have 3000 members, you know, it's, you know, fitness is for everyone and everyone you know, lives in a different culture and community. So, you know, appreciate what you're doing and allowing the, uh, you know, the cities that you're in to, to be able to enjoy some fitness and, you know, focus on that full body. Um, so Matt, with, you know, the Body Shop Fitness Centers, um, you know, before we dive into the nitty gritty, what, you know, you mentioned, you know, for the whole body, and there's so many different like niches out there. There's so many like gym bros and like meathead bodybuilders, CrossFitters, you know, whatever you want to call them, you know, what, you know, in, if you had to describe your facilities right now, like when somebody walks into the body shop 20, uh, excuse me, the body shop fitness centers, what are they going to expect? What's going to be their experience? You know, exactly, you know, what services are offered. And if somebody were to come inquire about your facility, you know, what would you do? How would you sit them down and kind of go from there? Well, for me, I'm, I've always been a good salesman, but I, it's not because I'm trying to talk people into buying something. I believe in education. I believe in finding out what they're looking for, showing them about what we have to offer. I mean, we have another fitness facility in town that's probably had five owners over the last 15 years since I've been in business. Um, they're in business, they're out of business, they're in business, they're out of business. So, you know, I do have one place that is competition within 30 miles of me. Um, but I always tell people, you know, ask them if they've been there because my thought process is at the end of the day, I'm 
here for that individual that walked in my building. And I'll ask him, I said, well, have you, you know, are, are we the first place you checked out? What brought you here? I sort of want to get an idea of, I don't do a lot of advertising. I think my brother's website, drydenwire.com is the only place I advertise and I, because he does it for free for me. So I let him do it. Um, but at that time, to me, it's word of mouth. If people are willing to talk to other people about what we have to offer, to me, that's huge. And that's all we've ever really done here in town is being part of the community, being in the community. I grew up here. I grew up here. I left. I, I moved back. My father was a sheriff for 28 years. Um, so we know a lot of people. And at the end of the day, when they walk in, it's like, what are you looking for from a fitness facility? Um, because if I don't know that, and sometimes it's really weird because they're like a place to work out. They don't even really know what they want. They know that they need to do something or want to do something, but maybe it's the first time they've ever stepped foot in a gym before a fitness facility. So a lot of it is just, it's getting rid of that pressure because when you walk into one of those places, it's very intimidating. And I'm a guy, you know, when I first started lifting and going to different gyms, I felt very intimidated when I walked in. You know, I'm not a huge person. I was considerably smaller. Didn't really know, you know, when I was younger, what I was doing. So we try to alleviate some of that. Be like, this is a family. Once you join here, you're in our fitness family. And it, and it holds true because my managers know every person that comes to their facility. We get to know them. We get to know their, you know, where they're from, their parents, their kids. You know, it becomes more of, you're not, a, you're not a walking dollar sign to us. And in order for us to do that, we need to know about you. We need to, we need you to know about us. We need to know about you more than just the, the surface level. I just want a gym to join. Um, and, and so we have a lot of conversations in that, you know, um, have you been here before? Um, have you worked out before? Cause a lot of people will come to the gym and you can see them just aimlessly walking around, looking at things, not having a clue what to do or where to start. And then we just let them know we have programs that can help you get started. We'll show you the different machines. You want help putting a program together. We'll help you do those things. Um, so a lot of it is just get some of that anxiety out of them so they can relax. And once they realize it doesn't matter what your hair is like, it doesn't matter if you come in before work and you just roll out of bed, brush your teeth and come to work. We don't care if you dress to the nines. I mean, everybody's idea of what they want to do when they come to the gym is different. But at the end of the day, they need to be comfortable because I want them back. I don't want them to join. And then in a month later, where, where, where did Sharon go? And then you find out, yeah, I just, I really didn't know what I was doing. I just felt uncomfortable. And we want to try to eliminate that from the very get go. Because if we lose people like that, they lose, they lose out on themselves. They were there for a reason. And we really want to try to make that happen for them. So I, I explain, you know, our price points, you know, what we charge for month, we, we, we go over all those things. So they know exactly what they're putting out forward. You know, none of the little small print, Hey, we're going to trick you into doing this. We're going to charge you extra twice a month or twice a year for a maintenance fee. Um, so they know right up front exactly what they're getting into, not only financially, um, but you know, availability, you know, 24 seven walk them through, show them wherever the lights are, make sure that they're comfortable. All of our buildings or all two of our buildings, um, single level, a lot of glass. So you can see in before you get in. If you, if it's a comfort level for security, you can see out before you walk out, if you come out later in the evenings. Um, so those are big for me as an ex law enforcement person, as a person that still does, um, personal safety training, you know, for women in that, I understand that walking out into a dark parking lot, is not very comfortable for ladies. So 
I take a lot of the different things that I've learned over the years and try to incorporate this to make this an experience that they're just like, I want to be there. This is where I want to be. They don't even have to go anywhere else to look because everything that we want to check off their list, we're doing already. And I'm not selling them. I'm not like, oh, you have to buy this package. And if you buy this package, you get this and this and this. It's like, here's what we offer. Here's what's available to you. You make the decision that's best for you. And if you want to go check out the other fitness facility, please do check out our competitors. Because at the end of the day, it's about them as an individual and not if I'm making the money off of them or not. And I think with that mindset, I'm very comfortable with every person I talk to because I never feel like I've sold them something that they weren't sure about. And it, it even comes down to my personal training. You know, I've got some trainers and I've worked with trainers that are like, if you buy, I don't know, eight packages, I'll give you a discount. Um, buy these supplements. I'll educate people on supplements, whether they want to take them or not. That's totally up to them. I'll, I'll talk to them about personal training. Um, and then we go over the price points. And at the end of the day, I don't want people to feel like they're financially debted to me I, I, in that. And if you want a personal trainer, great. If you need somebody to help you get set up on a program, cause you're pretty self-motivated and you can do it on your own, then we can help you there too. We'll help write a program. We'll walk through the program. We'll do it. And then you use me with, you use me whenever you want. You're like, hey, Matt, I really want to change my program up. I'm getting a little bored with it. I'm like, yeah, I know. We, we talked about it. We knew you were going to get bored. You can only do the same movement so many times before you're like, all right, enough's enough. So I let them pick based on their financial ability, you know, what works best for them when it comes to having extra help. You know, our base rate is our base rate, and it's pretty much across the board. Um, you don't have to pay extra for this or extra for that. It's just you join the gym. You have the, you know, everything included all at one time. And then, like I said, for me, it's a matter of just sitting down and just talking to people. And you really, you really get a good feel if they're going to be comfortable here. Um, and then there might be other trainers. I might be like, you know, I think your, your personality, you really would like such and such. So here's their information. Why don't you give them a call and see? And I'm, and I, and I tell them, I said, you know, personal trainers are like used cars. I'm not going to just jump into one and commit to it until I take it for a test drive. You know, um, we might not get along. Our personalities might butt. You know, um, I'm a talker, you know, if you don't like somebody that likes to talk and, and get and get to understand you, maybe you're just like, no, I just want to come in, tell me what to do and leave. I can do that too. But I want people to feel like they have options within our facility to do what's best for them. No, absolutely. Love the answer. You know, it's, you know, I, uh, I can relate to your persona because that's how I've always been, even in like group training where like, I'm just a coach. I'm not even selling anything per se, unless it's like the workout. It's like, if you have like persuasion and intent, like if, if you're obviously trying to persuade somebody to do something, what intentions behind that persuasion are you doing? So it's like, for me, I've never wanted to sell somebody that I didn't think was going to work or that I thought was overpriced or, you know, what they didn't need this or that or whatever. It's just like, you know, you guys trust so much in your product that it's like, look, Here's X, Y, and Z. Here's everything we have to offer. You know, it's been a great pleasure, Michael. Thank you so much. This and that. And it's like, you know, everything about them in these like, you know, five, 10 minutes. And it's like, you know, hey, like, you know, is this something you want to do? Hey, cool. There's, you know, Joe Schmo down the road or Jim Bob down here, or, you know, whatever the case is. But, you know, it's like, you're really giving them the power to make the decision that they trust about. Absolutely. And when you give people the power to spend their money, they're going to put their money where they feel it's best. And we're not the cheapest. We're, we're, we're more expensive than our competitors. 
but we always seem to end up with the members and, and, and I tell them, go try it. You know, if, if that, if that dollar amount is, is what the, is where you're at and you're stuck on, I said, go join that gym, give it your best. And if you need help, let us know, we're still going to be here. Yeah. Um, because again, I, I love the fact that if I'm not, if I'm not out for that person that's standing in front of me, then I'm really in this for the wrong reason, because I don't care. Well, I have multiple jobs. I have multiple businesses because the fitness facility isn't necessarily the big, Hey, we're going to get rich off of this. Um, so my wife and I own two more summer businesses. She teaches a full time as a teacher during the fall. She works next to me all summer long. Um, at the end of the day, I'm like, you as an individual are who I'm here for. This is why I built what I built. Um, and I never look at them and like, Oh, that's, that's like one, one eighth of my, 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 my spectrum bill. And then I need five more of them to make the monthly do, you know, I don't, I don't like looking at my members like that because they're part of our family. We get to know them, we interact and, and I don't want to fall back into that. I don't like what I do anymore. Yeah. Especially once you, you know, turn to yourself and you're the one that's, you know, working for you, it's, it's kind of hard to go back and be like, all right, I'm gonna work the nine to five or the, you know, the, the overnight 12 hour shift or, you know, whatever the case is. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's hard to go back to that, that situation when now you have, quote unquote, the freedom and the flexibility to do certain things that you couldn't have before. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, you know, when I bought the gym, I knew I wasn't making my monthly bills. So I went and got another job. I've yeah. always had, I've always had two to three jobs my whole life, you know, and I love at, at one point in my life, my ADHD was a hindrance. Cause I just thought I was dumb in school. Cause I couldn't learn anything, but in my adult life with a little bit more ways to figure this out and understand why I am the way I am. Like I said, I, I started this business <laughs> directly out front of this business is a big, beautiful beach that you overlook in the cardio deck. And right there is my ice cream shop. So as you're doing your cardio, burning off your calories, you're, well, you're watching them all summer long, putting calories in their body. Um, but, but it's those little passions that I absolutely love, you know? And, and so when I do these businesses, I'm like, what is our community lacking? What could our community need? And then I'm like, okay, then I start small, don't overextend. And then I start there. So I started the first gym in 2000, 2007. I started my ice cream stand in 2009. Started my second facility in 2012. And about that same time, I started to get in some boat rentals and that. And now we're up to a full fleet of nine boats. You know, in 2023 that we rent out, our ice cream stand is, is, has expanded. Um, the gyms are doing phenomenal. Um, but I, I'm in a unique situation in Northwest Wisconsin. When, when, my, when my gym is 1,300 people, but our, our population quadruples in the summer because guess where all your vacationers come from? Minneapolis, St. Paul, Chicago, Illinois, Madison, Milwaukee. They come up north and they come right to our locations. So when I started the gym, it was all about what can I offer my community that we don't have? Um, and, and being one of the few places that is a fitness facility, it was easier, I think, than a lot of people have when they're like, hey, I want to start. I really have this passion of working out, but there's like 20 gyms within 10 miles of my location already. What am I going to do to be different? Um, and and I, I praise those people that are willing to take that step and go out and do that because that's when you put your own money on the table and your own reputation on the table and to start like that. I think it's I think it's amazing that people on your podcast that I'm listening to 
are putting themselves out there because most of the people that I hear are doing the same things. We want it for the betterment of, of the people that are walking in our front door. 100%. And, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's like, what can I do that isn't already there? Mm-hmm. How can I make myself in a, in a way more valuable for the people? But at the same time, it's still going to benefit, you know, myself. Yeah. So in our, uh, to spin off just so I don't forget about, so like, yeah, my Shell Lake facility is is two-sided. We have the inside. And then I used to actually have a service center, a guy that rented this old service center bay from me. So it was really cool. So our fitness members could come in, but they could drop their car off in the parking lot there. And he'd come over and grab it, do an oil change, tire rotate or some mechanical work. <laughs> you know, so the body shop name was really cool because you could actually come in and throw your keys to me. I'd throw them over to my buddy. He'd be like, hey, this one needs an oil change and that. And then by the time they got done with their workout, their car would be maintained and sitting back outside. So it, it was sort of fun. But when he left, I had this huge space that was opened up that... I really, really wanted an old school garage gym. I, I wanted that old, that old school vibe and feel. And, and so one day there was a cement wall that separated the two sides and I checked to make sure there was no electrical. I took my sledgehammer out and I busted a hole through it. And I called my buddy who's in construction. I'm like, I need a door put in. He's like, where? I said, with the big hole, I just put between the two buildings. Um, and then over that time, you know, the next three months I was on my hands and knees with the greaser and, and scrubbing that place down because it was a service center for 30 years. There's grease everywhere. So now you've got an old school gym that you open up the huge glass doors and you could take all your stuff outside and work outside in the summer and overlook the beach and everything. Um, so we have a very unique setup and it's something I'm super proud of because I, I have people that come from all over and when they stop there, they're just amazed. And it's just, I think, a unique experience that people just enjoy having something a little different and, and when they're there, um, it, it just sort of light up, you know, and it's just, you see that it's, it's, it's something new to them, you know, and, and so they have a good time. And I've got one gentleman that comes in and they teach his powerlifting. His son was a national competitor for powerlifting. So he'll come in three nights a week and he'll work with youth to help, you know, build that up. And then they'll go to state. And I got a couple of people going to state this next couple of weeks. So by pulling these different things in from the community, um, our mentorships programs we do with the youth in the community too. It's neat to hand off this 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 idea of fitness to them, giving them a positive outlet when you're working with a lot of youth youth instead of running around to the streets, drug and alcohol. Man, come here, come here, hang out, learn something that could benefit you for your entire life. And and a lot of these kids really excel in it because it gives them it gives them a very positive thing to do that makes them feel good. And then they start seeing changes in their bodies and then they're like, wow. And then they, it's almost an addiction to them where you see them just really blossom into a different person. Now that they have something very positive to, to look forward to. Um, and and it, it is, you can't put a bigger smile on my face when I look at my gyms and I see these kids um, hooting and hollering and cheering each other on for maxes and stuff. And it's, 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 it's a very wonderful sensation to know that you've reached out to these kids and, and help bring them through whatever they're working through, or there's a bad day. So the couple of kids will be overworking on the heavy bags or whatever. Um, you know, so it, it's just really fun to have that two sided of the gym where you have the nicety nice on one side and you come outside and listen to the rock music and, and hang out in the old school gym. No, I love it. Uh, you know, garage gym, it just something about saying garage gym just sounds like, yeah, like heaven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but 
Um, I love the, 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 you know, like I'm from small town in Michigan and it's like, yeah, there, there's gyms and stuff like that. Or there's like one gym that's got like three locations, but it's like run down, like, you know, it's not kept up rips in the seat, you know, just like a little stuff that doesn't really like draw value into what you're paying for. And then it's like, then you have one gym that has all nice equipment, nice dumbbells. It's clean, but it's crowded. It's packed. And then they expand. It's just like, so like finding a gym that's unique and something overlooking the beach sounds flipping amazing. <laughs> it's pretty nice. You know, ice cream. Yeah. Right. Well, if you're going to take your sugars and take them in after you work out with your protein. So that's exactly right. It's the best time right there. Get a little, uh, <clears throat> you're trying to grow, you know, yeah. you know, and, and you, things that you say though, that a lot of people might not talk about, but it, you know, that cleanliness as, as far as me as a fitness owner, I, I'm all into cleanliness. My, 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 my managers are constantly cleaning. I mean, we've had so many people comment and it's the, it's such a small thing, but so many people value those little things. And when you start putting them all together, then it brings more value to them, you know, as, as I want to be there. Why do you want to be there? I don't know. There's just a lot of things that I really enjoy. They know my name. When I walk in the door, they thank me for coming. When I walk out, um, you know, they check on me to see how I'm doing or, yeah, how's your dad doing? You know, he had that heart attack. You know, you can't, you can't, I shouldn't say you can't, you don't see that in big box things. You, you, you lose that. And I, and I think what makes people special is when they feel good about something, they're willing to spend more time and invest back into you as a business, as an individual, because you're more than just somebody that's taking their money. They're reinvesting back into you because they see that we're repairing those seats. We're getting, we're swapping out equipment every now and again, bringing in new unique things that they normally wouldn't have. Um, and they invest and they feel invested. Yeah. It, especially because you see all these gyms that are like, Oh, you got a $50, you know, yearly annual fee and this and this and this, and you've been at the gym for three years and you're like, what's, what's my fee going to? There's been no new equipment has been there. So it's like, that's one of those things that when I was younger growing up, it was very discouraging to see because, you would see like little dust bunnies over in the corner and like equipment that was broken and, you know, out of use. And it's like three weeks goes by and it's like, Hey, the same thing, you know, <laughs> so, to be able to like provide quality and a standard of X to, to your people speaks volumes because especially, you know, since COVID and everything, everybody's like, Oh, you know, like so many germs and this and this and this. So it's like, you know, I think even, even before I think cleanliness was just something that wasn't really, a precedence of, of many people. And it's just like, if you think about it, you have a hundred plus people a day coming in touching the same thing. They got sweat, they got warts, you know, whatever, whatever the case is, it's like, you don't really think about that. I mean, I, I was guilty, guilty. I did not think about that, but, um, <laughs> so always something good to, you know, that like the studio smells clean. There's not like yep. dust on stuff. So, you know, and it, and again, it's those little things. So the other thing that we do, which is very unique, is my wife loves to dance. And I've never, as a white boy, I don't dance. I flail. You know, at, at the best <laughs> I do is flail. I've gotten a lot better over the years. But, you know, we have to drive two hours to a nightclub. So, and I'm like, man, I love this environment. I'm always walking around looking at all the lights and the lasers and the misters. And I'm like, man, I I just feel good when I'm in this environment. That that bass is just like through you. You like, you, you feel your heart skip a beat because it's just there. Um, so I took that thought process and I built a nightclub in my outside gym. So we have club gym nights. So we literally turn on hundred plus lights, lasers, misters. Um, we've got the huge sound system. I can't even tell you how many 18 inch subs and stuff. I mean, it's just, 
you feel that go through you. And we open it up, we do club gym. So come in on Thursday nights from 530 or whatever. And then we just create a whole different environment that you can partake in if you want, or you don't have to. And it's really fun because it, it, people, it just, it's different. They're like smiling and they're just like, man, and you see them going around the gym, you know, you, you get some good music going and they're head bopping and they're, they're going at it. Um, and the fun thing is, is usually you see them the day or two later, you're like, how do you feel? Like I am sore. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I know. There's something about that environment that you push yourself so much harder. Most people, the next couple of days, are like, I, I can't remember when I've been this sore before. Um, and, and it's those little things that are really, really fun that we try to do again, to just keep it from getting old. No. Yeah. I, uh, it sounds about like getting with the boys or a group of people and like throwing some hard style on and, you know, the music's going, the, the lights are going and you're just like, all right, I'm gonna hit my max PR on whatever. Yep. Ah, love it. I mean, I'm gonna have to check that on myself. Yeah. Um, well, Matt, let's kind of, you know, like you, you already kind of touched on a little bit of the business side of things. Let's, let's dive in a little bit more to the actual, the body shop fitness centers. You know, you have two locations, 3,600 square feet. Is that um, each facility is about that size or? Yeah, I would say that'd be, that'd be rough about where we are on both, on both facilities. Okay. And then is it between the two locations that's 400 or is like one have three, one has one or kind of what's the, the ratio there? My spooner. Well, since they can come and go to each facility, um, our spooner location seems to have more members because it's like that, that town's like 2,800 and there's more businesses there. So a lot more people come into that community to work, but then live somewhere else. So Shell Lake is more like a, a bedroom community. You, you live there, but then you go somewhere else to work. Got it. Um, so when in 2012, when I opened my spooner location and we actually officially went 24 seven access that's when we saw a significant uptick in our income, you know, because now you're tapping into a much bigger population that is tired of belonging to a gym that they never know when they walk down there, if it's going to be open or not. Yeah. Um, so we, we basically baby stepped into it, start small. Let's, let's, let's figure this out. Let's see how this is going to go. And then we just kept expanding and um, we're in our second location now up there and absolutely loving it, you know, and, and it, and it helped offset some of that expense income, um, that we did or that we were battling for a while. Um, and it's worked out really, really well. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what location they go to because the income still comes into the same corporate. So, um, and I tell people, you know, um, there's certain, like, there'll be a lot of younger kids. I'm like, here, you're lifting in Spooner, but if you tried our shell like location, I'm like, no, I said, well, you got to go down there because, both locations have a different vibe to it, you know, and it doesn't matter. You know, it seems like wherever you go, there's always a little different vibe. Um, so a lot of times the shell lake will be slower because there's not as many people there. Plus you're splitting it into two different gyms. So, you know, I'll, I'll sort of tend to lead people one way or another here. So, Hey, check this out. See if this is a style you like, um, you know, and, and then that way they, they start to learn that they can go to both locations and then you see everything, you know, you don't get that five o'clock time frame where you're like stepping on toes every time you walk around because people have people have gone to different locations or they pick different times because they can know they can go 24 hours a day. Yeah. And once you tapped into that 24 hour market, that's one thing that I've always looked for is like, okay, I got to have a gym. It's got to be 24 hours because, you know, there's gonna be days where I want to work out at five in the morning. There's no staffed hours. What are you supposed to do? Yep. Or on the weekends, like I want to wake up, go to the gym at six, you know, staffed hours are until eight. 
Yeah. It makes, it makes it more difficult. Um, and then that just makes, so for us, we don't even have a full-time manager at both locations. They only work like maybe four to six hours a day, you know, during our busier times. And then, um, we'll have somebody at our Spooner location, which is busier in the evening a little bit, but, um, we don't even bother staffing the whole time because if they need to get a hold of us, they have my phone number on the front door, give me a call, set up an appointment, do whatever. Um, you know, and, and that makes it really nice because even if they can't make it during the normal staff business hours, I can meet them afterwards. Yeah. You know, and I don't have to be there. It used to be, I used to get up at five in the morning, open the gym, shut it down at 10 o'clock, go home, go to bed, get back there at five o'clock, open it up. Because that's what I, that's, I didn't know about 24 hour access and how to do it and, and the liabilities and the securities. Um, and so that was, that was something that one of my friends that owned a couple anytime fitness centers, when he sold them, he turned me on to, he's like, no, I can help you do that. And that was a lifesaver because it really opened it up to a lot more people that are like, I want a 5am workout. I want to be able to come in after my shift at two, two thirty in the morning. Now you can, and I don't have to worry about being up to let you in. That's right. Those five AMs get to you. I, uh, you know, as a fitness coach, it's like, gotta, gotta go to bed at like eight o'clock, wake up at four, or you go to bed at 11 o'clock and you're like, oh, it's going to be a rough day. Yep. And you know what, when you will shut your eyes, you're like, oh, that's a little too late. Yes. Especially the older you get, you're like, I'm not, I'm not spun chicken no more. I can't. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. I'm, I'm a solid. I need eight. Give me eight. Yeah. I'm fine. Anything less I can function, but too many of those in a row. And then I just get grumpy. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay, like seven hours of sleep. All right. Not bad. Anything less than six. It's like, okay, um, I, it's going to be <laughs> caffeination all day. <laughs> right. Lo- love how that body changes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But cool. Yeah. 24 hours. Love it. Especially, you know, in, you know, somewhat of a vacation area um, that, you know, definitely still a, a lot of different crowds, you know, from time to time throughout the year. Yeah. You know, and, and for us, you know, and I talked about investing back into us, our members, Everything we have in our everything we have on our counters and our coolers are on the honor system. I mean, we we put out products all day long. We have proteins and and protein samples and and bars and drinks and everything. And everything we do is on the honor system. We you know we live in the communities or communities that 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 honor our you know willingness to do that for them, so they don't have to wait till somebody's there to buy something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a lot of not many people would be able to get away with that, like where they live or what have you. Um, but I think that's, to me, that's one of the things I love about investing into those people because then they feel that you're more than a business, you're that individual and they don't want to steal from that individual. And I'm sure we've had stuff walk off here and there, but we keep pretty good track of it. Um, but, it, but you know, I don't know how many people could go out and say everything we have, hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of product are on our counters. If you need something, price is marked on it put a slip in the box, say, Hey, charge my credit card or here's my money for it. Um, and it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to be able to do that with our community. It's nice to be able to have that trust, especially because, you know, you're not there. Sure. There's probably cameras and whatnot, but it's like, you know, if, if you can just people see like, there's a product, I know it's not free. Let me just pay for it. Versus yeah. like, oh, cool. Let me, just, let me just snag this real quick and, you know, run off with it. It's like, you're not going to get very far in life, even if you're just stealing from a, you know, a gym. So, right. Um, cool, man. Well, let's kind of talk, you know, uh, dive in a little bit more of like, you know, with your member base and everything like that, you know, what's kind of like, you know, is, is, is that number of members something that you're satisfied with, or do you want to grow and expand your member base? Kind of talk like short-term goals, maybe like the next like one to three years for the body shop. You know, I'm really happy where I'm at. Um, you know, every, there's so many people that want to grow, 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 but 
I don't want to grow and lose that connection that we have with mm-hmm. people. Um, I really don't want to put another facility up because I'm, I'm 51 already. You know, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to keep debt loading myself, you know, to, to get bigger because a lot of times getting bigger doesn't necessarily mean that it's more profitable or you're doing better. It just means you're spreading that yourself that much thinner. And I've got two managers that are absolutely a godsend to me that, that run their businesses as their own. Um, and the hard part nowadays, I don't know if I could find another person that could fit that mold that I could be like, here's the keys. You you run this facility. I'll pop in every now and again, check on you, do some training. We'll sit down. Um, but I just don't know if that's, I just don't know if that's something I want to even tackle right now. You know, so yeah. it, it it's nice to, it's nice to be at the size that I am. Um, even, even membership base, I think I'm happy with where I am. No, yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, especially, and again, I hate to bring up COVID, but it's like, ever since COVID, it's that I feel like the workforce has never been the same. Like, and I think that's anywhere that you go, you know, it's, you trying to find good employees and people, you know, want to, you know, get paid more, work less, have less responsibilities, you know, the list goes on and on. I'm sure you've seen that. And it's just like, like what 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 rewired your brain to think that that's okay like you know my parents were born in 1950 and you know so like things back then compared to now like some of the things that are happening now you would get beat spanked swat you know like <laughs> iron pad everything the whole the you would get the works the way that some of these people you know decide that it's okay to act and is that from parents from social media i'm not sure probably a little bit of both but you know, it's, you know, my dad was very military and, you know, so like I have a military background. So it's just like, you know, just like mind your P's and Q's, be a plate, honest, young human being, do what you're supposed to do. You know, like all the, all the simple stuff that a lot of people know. So it's, it's, it's kind of like to replace what your expectations are nowadays is much harder than it was, let's say even five years ago, two years ago. I agree. I agree. I think, I think there's, there's, there are people out there that still feel that way, but you just don't see them as, as often. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, a, it's like a needle in a haystack. You gotta, you gotta search and search yeah. and search and that requires time. And depending on, like you said, where, you know, you're comfortable where you're at, you know, if maybe an opportunity that you just can't turn down comes along the way, sure. Visit it then. But, you know, it sounds like for the most part, you know, you got some cool different things going on, you know, you got your ice cream, you got some other summer things. So uh, it sounds like you put yourself in a pretty good place. Yeah. I, I, I really think so. I, there isn't a day that I wake up and I'm like, ah, oh. I have to do this today or I have to do that today. I, I pop out of bed and I'm like, I'm, I'm ready for a new day. You know, it's like one of those things is like, all right, Lord, use me however you want to do, but you know what? I, I, here I am. I, and yeah. I absolutely love it. And I love my mentorship program that I do with the County for a lot of our youth and our kids. And that's why I think if I kept growing in the fitness, I'd lose out on some of those opportunities that I'm just as wholeheartedly invested in. Yeah that I don't think I'd want to give up because that's sort of what I wanted to do anyways, is help people, you know, and I, I love the boat rental side of it because I get to do what I love to do. And I get to send people out on the water to make them super happy um, and enjoy and make the best out of their vacation. And I have yet to see anybody standing in line for ice cream with a frown or frown on their face, <laughs> you know? So all of my businesses, I try to surround myself with really good, positive things um, and it just makes my life so much more enjoyable every day. No, it, 
you, it, that mindset right there, it's, it's very humbling because, you know, a lot of people go into business and they complain and they say, oh, like, you know, I'm making ends meet or, you know, I have to do this, 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 where it's like, you get to the point where it's like, look, I get a chance to, you know, help people, make people happier. You know, if I put my own grief aside and, you know, people are relying on me for a paycheck, for a career, for, you know, a salary, whatever. And it's just like, you know, you, you provide one extra kid with an extra ice cream cone, or you get somebody that wants to take their wife out on the, on the ocean for the, or the lake for the boat. And, you know, like you said, the list goes on and on. So I think that's something really key to keep in mind is, you know, what's the purpose behind what you do? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's why I think for the gym, I just feel very satisfied because I started something I wanted to do. We've had great results in the community. We've helped so many people. Um, and you hear their things like, you know, uh, a lot of, uh, a couple of ladies came to me the other day and they're like, you know, Matt, you know, I love playing with my kid, my grandkids on the floor. She goes, you know, but five years ago, I wouldn't be able to do this. And all we did was worked on some very simple things, some very simple strengthening things. But it was one of those things that, you know, she related that to us because we helped her get to that stage. And she's absolutely enjoying her life now because of just that little bit of extra time you take to work with those people. That's what keeps me going every day. Yeah, it's, that was my big passion growing up is like, I, you know, I went into this company when I first started and, you know, I wanted to coach, I wanted to help people. I wanted to like, you know, change their lives through my experiences and, you know, or because of my experiences, I was able to provide them with some positive, right. Some positive value. And so, you know, then like a short turn of events turn and it's like, okay, well, we want you to do boot camps. We want you to sell them this nutrition and do this, this, this. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like I, if they want to come to me for advice, yeah, sure. I'm going to give them what I'm capable of giving them, but I don't want to just double and triple dip their pockets. And, you know, you know, whether or not they can afford it or not, because, you know, most people in that area were making 250, 300K, cool, whatever. But it's like, you know, I'm A, not that experienced and B, like, I really just care about people. Yeah. And, you know, circling back to your part, it's like, what, whatever, whatever the, the profession is or whatever you're doing, as long as you have the, the, the humbleness or the, the intent behind, you know, doing good, you're going to receive good. And, um, you know, it's, you know, one thing to give a kid an ice cream cone and make him smile and then watch him drop it on himself and watch him cry. Yeah. Right. That happens. It does. It does. <laughs> and then I'm giving away another free ice cream cone and this time, hold on to this kid. <laughs> like, listen here, I'm going to say, I'm going to save you an hour of crying and just, just take right. the cone. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, no, that's all great. Uh, so Matt with, you know, as we kind of get close to wrapping up here, um, you know, obviously, you know, you're in a good spot with the gyms. You know, I always like to ask this question just to see if, you know, if there was anything different, you know, is there, could you ever imagine or picture anything different? Is there anything you would want to do different with the gyms right now? Like, is there any, like, you want to add this or do this, or is it truly just, you know, what you have right now is just, you know, it's the next five to 10 years. I'm solid to be right where I am. You know, I think everybody would want more room. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a day that goes by that. I'm like, man, boy, if I had another thousand square feet, I want to put a turf track down for our athletic portions of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, what is that going to, what is that going to gain me? Maybe a couple people that would utilize that, you know? So when I look at stuff now, I'm looking at debt income ratios. Like this expense is, is great. It's, it's, 
it's going to scratch an itch that I've always wanted to do. But at the end of the day, is it going to be financially sound? Because, you know, I, I never plan on retiring. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to work to the day I die because I'm already doing absolutely love and life. Um, and I don't see myself changing. So part of me is like, I'm always looking at that going, if I did this and it's going to cost me that, what am I really going to see as far as that being a positive as a financial down the road? Um, and, you know, boy, it'd be nice if we had a little more room. Well, everybody, every gym owner says that at 4.30 to 6.30 at night or 6 to 8 a.m. when everybody's trying to get into the gym and use it. Yeah, it'd be nice to have extra room, but guess what happens all those other hours of the day when there's like three or four people in the gym? Um, so I, I look at my, I look at my, maybe a little different than other people do, you know, I'm happy. Um, I provided things that most other facilities, well, anywhere around me doesn't. Um, and I don't want to get overzealous. I, I, I just, I feel like I've, I've hit where I wanted to be. Now we just changed over a really nice nine piece Cybex system in, um, you know, so I like doing things like that, changing things out. So it's, different things for people, different, different pieces of equipment or, or just swapping out some of the older stuff for some new stuff. Um, and, and we'll always continue to do that. You know, the couple of the new things that are out there right now, the, the glute thrust machines and stuff, we're looking into that because I'd like to do that. So we're always going to be looking at how to improve our internal, you, you know, equipment and things like that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super happy. I, I, and I, and I hope there's so many other people out there that can say that and go, I'm, I'm doing what I love in life. No, absolutely. And you know, that's what it's all about. You know, you're in a spot where you love it. It's like, why change it? You know, you're, you know, you said you're just over 50 now. It's like, you know, maybe, maybe 20 years ago and you were still looking to like run and gun and, you know, like you weren't involved with as many things. So it's like, it's like over time, certain things take up time. And it's like, it's not just, it's like, it's like a passion now. It's like a hobby. It's like, I want to do this. I want to give my time to this. And I don't want to add some other responsibility or, you know, commitment that's going to take away that time. So. Yeah. Well, very, very much so. And, and I think part of it, part of its age, part of it is I'm very well diversified. So when COVID hit, the gym was shut down for three months. Well, that got a cleaning and a painting like you wouldn't believe by my managers. They were so sick of seeing a, a sponge and a paintbrush. After oh, three man, months, they were like, that was nuts. They're like, Oh my God, thank God they're ending that. But you know, that's when my ice cream business and my, my boat rentals doubled, you know? Be, so I, I look at diversification, you know, and, and when it comes to the fitness aspect of it, um, in my small communities and not having a lot of other competition around other than I think you literally have to drive 30 miles, any direction to get to another club other than the one right in town. Um, I, I just don't know what more I could do that would make me happy or make my clients happier, you know, because I think right now we're sort of at our peak right where we are. I mean, we've got beautiful locations. Like I said, one's right across from the public beach. I mean, and I don't, I don't know what else we could add to it. I, and I, again, I don't think necessarily getting bigger is the mindset. Cause I talked to a lot of our contractors around here that had these huge, you know, contracting building teams, and I saw, I saw one the other night and I'm like, how's it going? And I'm like, well, he goes, yeah, I'm back down to working for myself. And I'm like, oh, yeah, how's that going? He goes, you know, sometimes bigger isn't always better. Comes with a lot more responsibilities, a lot more headache, a lot more expenses. And at the end of the day, I was making just a little bit more than I'm making now, but I'm happy doing what I'm doing now. 
I don't have to worry about other people and checking on them. Are they doing their job right? Are they the homeowners? And I really took that to heart going, maybe instead of just trying to always do more and be more, maybe you just look at, look at your life and go, am I happy? Uh, am I serving the need to the community that I ultimately wanted to do? And to me every day, I, I, I am. Awesome, man. Love to hear it. And you know, you've uh, got a lot of experience and done a lot of good things in the time. So it's, it's good to hear that. Uh, Matt, so last couple wrap up questions here for you. Um, love to ask this and, you know, somebody with your experience and, you know, your different, different types of businesses, um, you know, anybody out there, you know, we'll gear it towards the fitness industry, but anybody out there looking to start into the business, you know, what, what words of a what words of wisdom would you give them to pursue their dreams? And then also on the caveat, what is one thing you would tell them to do differently that maybe you didn't do? That's, that's a tough one. Um, passion. I, I mean, there's one, and, and you sort of had that you, you sort of, you sort of followed yourself of where you really felt you were comfortable at the fitness area. It's hard to go into fitness if you're really not passionate about people or what you're doing. And, and that's any job. I mean, I've gone and worked for different places and I and listened to different instructors. And I'm like, man, just because you have a certificate and you're doing this job doesn't mean you're good at it. Um, you know, and I think that's, that's the key is you got to look at yourself and go, what are my strengths? What, my, what are my weaknesses? Um, but in the fitness industry, I think it's so hard because you see so many fads pop up. Um, and, and, and I, and I don't mean fads in a bad way, but things that you really hit hard and then they sort of fade off. And then if you're, if you're looking at getting into those type of areas, you know, whether, and I don't know, I mean, there's, there's been a million different things that have popped up in the last 10 years that you could probably think of that are like, yeah, that hit really hard. And then it's like, oh, it sort of subsided a little bit. Or now there's three other businesses that do sort of the same thing, but they call it something different, you know? So there's always that, wow, you're really successful. So I'm going to try to cookie cutter what you have and do it. I think you have to find something that, you know, isn't necessarily unique, but when it comes down to it, I think it's, I think it's how you're going to interact with people you know, and, and that, that passion, and they'll see that in you as a, as an owner, as a trainer, as somebody that, you know, they, they see when they walk in that door for, they, they might not see somewhere else. But I also find that in society nowadays, everybody wants cheaper and better. And, and that's just, I want cheaper, better, and faster. And I think if we get sucked into that and you start, you know, a, a new business coming in and you're price pointing yourself really cheap because you know, you want, you need to be cheaper at the end of the day, it's like, you still got to make your money though. And you see so many people that it's like, I mean, pick up a stone in any big city and throw it, you know, or drive three blocks. You can't find at any time, a snap, a, a couple personal studios, every, the more populated areas you live. in, I think fitness becomes a little more difficult, a little more risky because you've got so much competition and so many different venues, you know, of different things that are going on out there. I think you have to sort of pick and choose where you're going to start a business. You know, um, I believe in, you know, looking into them, working at some like you did to sort of get an idea of, oh, I really like this, or I really like this, or I like how they do business here. or I like what these people, you know, once you start doing some of those things, it's easier to sort of find your niche. Cause you might be like, man, I'm, my strengths are really here. You know, I really like, you know, powerlifting or this or that, and then decide what you want to do. My outside garage gym could not make it on its own. 
I need the other side, the senior citizens, I need the average lifter, the 40, the 50 year old desk worker, they pay my bills. The outside garage gym is a hoot, but I couldn't make a living on that. So I think you really have to know your audience, yeah. not only your population, you know, I moved my gym 80 miles south and there's a lot of people, a lot of guys that, that work at car dealerships, work in business type settings that would be a different type of populace. And I work in now, most of the guys around here, guess what? Manual labor. They work construction, they pour concrete, they work dairy farms. The last thing a lot of them want to do is come into the gym. So you really have to know and educate yourself on your business before you just start throwing money out there and jumping in because I think that's a good way to really sour your taste and get into bad debt fast. As far as doing things differently, no, I I, I think I'm I'm very confident in, in where I've gone. I what I love about being an entrepreneur is my successes are my successes, my mistakes are my mistakes. You know, I don't have somebody pushing a policy or you have to sell this, you have to do this. I've made decisions and some are really good and some are like, let's not do that again. You know, but I think this is part of growing and you hope that those are minimal, um, but you grow from it. But I think for me, I'm a very plotted. I mean, my, in my head, I'm a million miles an hour, you know, thinking about a million different things at a time. But when it comes down to the business side of it, it's like, I have all these great ideas, but let's be practical and slowly implement and start from there. You know, and I think that's what helped me grow is, oh, I see what my community needs now. So let's do this. Oh, now I want to do this. Um, it had been easy to way overextend and then been out of business really fast because I don't know what the, the statistics are, but, you know, it was super high in small businesses that were out of business within three years, you know, and I think you really have to know yourself, you know, you have to know your environment, where you're going to work and the clientele you're going to get. And once you educate yourself on that, I think you can be more confident moving forward in what you want to do. Excellent. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like don't bite off more than you can chew at any given time. Absolutely. And it's, and it's so a lot of banks, it's easy to do because they're like, Oh, we'll give you money. We'll give you money. Well, I got to pay that money back. Mm -hmm. And all oh, this looks really cool. Let's buy all this machinery that has TVs on every cardio machine. And I'm just like, okay, so now you got all the cable boxes. You've got this, you got a lot more maintenance and you're talking 10, 12 grand a piece. Uh, that's a lot of usage that you need to pay those back. So when you, when you look at these fads and these things that come around, you really have to be careful and go, Oh, I'd really like to do that. But is that a sound investment on my behalf at this point? Now, in a year, it could change, and I could do something else. But I think we all get we all get into the keeping up with the Johnsons. Oh, that fitness facility did this, and boy, everybody wants to go there. And 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 then you do something, and then you're like, "Well, I'll lower my prices now because maybe I can get." And then it's a battle. You're stealing. You're stealing clients from each other to just barely get by. And and I don't think that's good business. <laughs> no, especially when you're at that point now you're you're veering away from your original plan and what your your purpose was because you're trying to be like somebody else yeah yeah and i think that's it be who you are find your passions try to find a way to make money at them but at the end of the day you gotta you gotta lay down and shut your eyes and go did i do what my intent was mm -hmm. or am i or am i or am i pushing myself to do something that really isn't me just to do it and i think it's i think you got to be honest with yourself at the end of the day Every day you wake up, what's my purpose? What am I doing? Um, and you got to be happy with yourself because if you're not, then what's the sense of doing it? That's right. So you're not going to quit working for somebody else just to be unhappy with working for yourself. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Matt, last thing before we wrap up here today, I appreciate all the time we've had so far is 
how can I remember, or excuse me, how can our listeners reach you? You know, Instagram pages, Facebook websites. How can they learn more about the Body Shop Fitness Centers? Well, we kept it simple. It's long, but it's simple. So like our, our website is thebodyshopfitnesscenters.com. Our, our Gmail account is thebodyshopfitnesscenters um, at Gmail. Um, our Facebook page is, wait for it, the Body Shop Fitness Center. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it, it's a long drawn out thing, but there's a, there's a, a what is it? There's a lotion and a, and a hygiene line of the body shop fitness. So there's a lot of different gyms in that. Um, but you know, up in our area, it's a body shop fitness centers, Shell Lake, Wisconsin, you know, and it'll, it'll get to us. Um, but yeah, we, we do stuff. I'm, I'm not a, this is a, this is maybe an age thing. I don't know. I'm not a big Instagram thing. I think our one gym has it cause she wanted to put it together. Um, it, it's one of those things that I just sort of fail, I guess, if I were to say on it, because I just not up to speed on those things. Um, but yeah, we, we do some postings on Facebook and that. And, um, but our, our clientele, we got, we got a lot of middle-aged and older people that I don't even know if they know that we have a Facebook page, even though it's everywhere or if they even care. Um, but anybody that wants to check out, check it out or be in the area or want to just see what it looks like, you know, the Facebook page, the body shop fitness centers, um, or our website is generic, has some pictures, but the Facebook page is probably a better one. Awesome. Nothing wrong with that. I always joke around and say, you know, like my goal is to do more content and all that stuff. But then I'm just like, man, like there's so many filters, <laughs> there's so many options. Like then I just overwhelm myself and I'm like, all right, another day. Yep. That's why I don't run Instagram. My, my one manager does. Cause I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm like, I, I don't I have no desire to do it. I don't have any passion to do it. Yeah. Um, and I would get lost into the whole how to do it. And then it would be like, Nope, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. It, it, it can get so overwhelming so fast. Yeah. Well, cool, Matt. Uh, appreciate you shouting all that. So if anybody out there listening is in the area of either, you know, Shell Lake or Spooner, Wisconsin, definitely check out his uh, garage gym and the little club atmosphere they got going on there. And, you know, maybe get some ice cream afterwards, you know, recharge, recarb. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, uh, for anybody else out there listening, uh, if this story inspired you or triggered you to want to share your experiences and, you know, what you do for a living and things like that, please feel free to click on the link, type in your information below. We'll be in touch. But until then, y'all, that's another episode of the Gym Lords podcast and Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton. And joining us on the show is Coach Akila out of Compton, California from Body Work. What's going on? How are you doing today? Woo! I feel like a clap and a wave right there. How are you doing, Emily? 
I'm good. Thank you so much for asking. Really excited to have you on the show today. But I'm before we dive into the, glad you're excited. That makes me happy. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on at Bodywork, first tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. I describe Bodywork as being um, a ratchet experience, but in fitness, right? It's like being able to go to the club and a party, but work out. It is, um, it's integrated, it's vibe, it's vibatious, like it, the vibrations is very, very high. Um, and it's just engaging and inviting. It, it consumes you and it makes you want to dive into fitness, not just exercise or not just what you look like or you want to lose weight. It just gets you involved in health and it makes you health aware mm -hmm. and it gives people that sense of community. And pretty much that's how I would describe body work. It's just like this 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 thing that you want and you didn't even know you you wanted it you didn't even know you needed it that's awesome I love that description <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how did you get into the industry yourself and then talk briefly about like your path into business ownership so in coming into uh, we're just going to use it being about fitness right how I came into fitness is really ironic because um I, I got interested while I was doing a weight loss challenge at my job, it was like a contest. So whoever lost the most weight gets all the money in the pot. And it was during that experience, I lost 15 pounds on my own. And I was very shocked at myself. And um, through that time, we were doing all types of things to really get the scale down. So each week we were walk walking, doing uh, video exercises, you know, following stuff on YouTube. And I come from a history of dance and I had a dance studio academy at the time. And I started, you know, inviting my friends to come over and do some exercise with me. And then one of my dancers um, suggested that we do Zumba. And so uh, doing those Zumba classes, it turned into exercise classes. And then there, you know, I started having two to three classes a week. And that's how body work was birthed. Um, I started getting very serious with it when I went back and started taking training for personal training. And then I started getting um, training in group fitness. And it was like, okay, let's, let's turn this into a real thing here. It became more than just getting together with a group of people that I knew to do, you know, exercise classes, but it became like this whole culture, knowledge and wisdom of putting all these components together to help people meet their, um, their fitness goals and help people get results. Yeah, absolutely. So prior to starting your business, did you have any background in entrepreneurship? Yeah, I, I come from a whole line of entrepreneurs being that um, my grandfather was a business owner. He was the first um, African-American male to have an aluminum uh, company in the state of California. So uh, my grandmother, she was a seamstress and she had her own uh, clothing line. And then my mother, she is a hairstylist. So all of those businesses, you know, is entrepreneurship. And then in coming into that work, and I always had a side hustle because I worked in the shop as a kid. I was a barbershop mm -hmm. kid. So mm -hmm. I've always had a job. I had a job since I was like 15. Um, so getting my own money has always been a thing. Um, I had, did have a little history in business because when I first went to school, I went to school for business administration. Um, so diving into this, I had uh, opened up a tax office, a finance business, and I had a own, my own t-shirt line with my husband. He was my business partner at the time, but then now he's my husband. But we had these, <laughs> these stream of businesses and income coming in. So it kind of just flowed um, right together because I kind of knew what to do to move this forward to make it a business and the crazy thing is I at first I didn't see body work with being a business I just saw it as something like a you know something fun to do 
Um, yeah. But my husband was like, no, this is a business and it got to pay for itself, number one, but this is something that you can actually do that it could be the catalyst for how you live and you don't have to really worry about your paycheck coming from your job. Facts. So shout out to your husband, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So coming from a family of entrepreneurs and business owners, and also like a little bit of experience from some classes that you took, did you have to start from like zero clients? Yes. I, I started from zero clients and, um, it's funny how God works everything because I know a lot of people because I'm into a lot of stuff because that's just the entrepreneur in me, like I network and connect. So starting out when I did the classes, it was everybody that I knew and it grew by word of mouth. So I would say, yeah, like at a zero based clients because I was not into fitness. So I don't even know how to gain clients or where these people would come from. So if they pretty much came from people that I know. Mm-hmm. sharing like oh she's you know doing exercise classes and that's how the clientele grew and I think that my, with my husband's uh wisdom and him pushing me and teaching me about marketing strategies I think that's how I was able to really grow my clients because I did really come from zero you said that just really turned the light bulb on like yeah I started from ground zero yeah don't forget that yeah um, <laughs> so I mean talk to us a little bit about for a trainer or somebody that's in your situation starting from zero what are some of the marketing strategies that you use to start to get some clientele in the door because Mm -hmm. as much as we may love helping people if you don't have any clients you don't have like your business is not going to make any money yeah um I'm gonna just give you I'm gonna give the wisdom that my husband talks to me it's not like he's the, the coach well he is right um, one of the main things is you have to have a website. A website is very, very important. Having a website, a phone number, an email that is not your personal, not your personal phone number, not your personal email, but having something that links what you are, what you do all in one hub. And it just gives authenticity and it is a, a eye opener and it makes it look authentic, right? So when people see that, they're like, okay, this looks like something that I want to participate in. This looks legit. So those things, they, they, they scream official. They, they, okay. they scream that this thing, this is good. It's not like, I'm just telling you I'm doing something and I want you to show up. No, I have something that you can see, right? And with that comes your content that you're putting out there because on your website, whatever branding tools you're using, it has to have a professional look to it. Now, we know that when you're starting out, of course, you think about finances, where this money is gonna come from. For me, I had to learn how to do all those things myself. I had to learn how to be a web designer. Why? Because who got money starting out and trying to figure out how to, what I didn't know at the time, like you have interchanging classes. Guess what? That web, that website is going to need an update, right? Um, you got, how do people book a class? That means you got to know how to handle a booking uh, appointment um, add-on maybe on your website or having these st- always interchanging things that have to happen on these websites. So knowing how to have these things and create them and do them, that's one thing you want to do. But website, your own phone number, an email is definitely um, what you need and marketing tools. Something like uh, now we have social flyers. So those things work good. And whatever people, your Instagram, your social media platforms, that's the new business card. We're not passing out business cards anymore. We're going, as soon as I find out who you are, I'm going to go look you up. I'm going to your Instagram page. I'm going to your Facebook. I'm going to Twitter. I'm going to TikTok and I'm seeing what you're working with. So it's very important that whatever content you have on your social media platforms have to be representation 
of your fitness gym, your center, or what is that you do as a trainer? Because that's what people are going to reference to. And then you want those things to be realistic and you don't want to seem too far off because you don't want to push people away. You don't want to become intimidating where people think like, oh, I'm never going to be able to, you know, afford this. But you want them to be, you know, realistic in that. So if you're starting out, that's like the first, that's like your, that's your bottom. That's what you want to start to. And um, I would suggest that you don't make a move until you have that bottom. So my next question for you is, how did you drive like traffic to your website? Was it, were you using social media to do that so that people could click on the website and see what you guys were all about? Yes, I use now, I, um, so I uh, slide Jim here, they didn't sponsor me or anything, but I use GoDaddy, right? To first start out because that was like a hub that kind of gives you everything you need and they help you navigate. And eventually I used it so much, became familiar, I actually became a sub host. So I now know how to build websites and do things for other people who don't know. Um, but in that, you, I, I did a couple of things. Drawing people to my actual website, I would post sound bites on my social media pages for people just to subscribe, right? That's how I collected a database to have people. Um, I didn't want to have all these different um, apps and these different services where you collect database you, know, you got MailChimp you got um I forget what other ones are but you have all these different things that are add-ons where you can collect information well I just did it myself go on my social media pages say hey subscribe uh to my website constantly put my website out there right you click I would do uh monthly giveaways um I had because again using my entrepreneurship my husband and I had a shirt line so we would give away shirts. Um, I would post things, uh, post detox recipes, um, post like little information that people could just go and get from the website. Not mm -hmm. joining class, not doing that. Just, you know, putting content on there that people can go and share blogs. I would add blogs on my website. Real, real, real kind of like crazy topics. Like I have my first blog I ever put was the Vagina Talk. And it was a talk about the the care and the upkeep of of you know of the feminine body part and that was like people love that they shared it you know with that people are clicking on and I'm gathering their information I'm glad gathering their emails and their phone numbers so then when I start to have classes guess what I'm going back and when I email I'm emailing all those people um, I started out with the database of probably like five people and I was just my family to where I have over like two thousand. And for me, because I didn't hire nobody or I didn't pay for emails, I, I feel like that's good. <laughs> that's good. So you built your your subscriber list from five to two thousand. Mm -hmm. So the, I guess the benefit is that is that they're in your ecosystem and you're feeding in like constant value. Yes. That you know they would find helpful. And mm -hmm. then after that, I guess this like when you started to teach the classes, would you like send out, I guess this is what's happening when and where yep flyers so now yeah. i have a schedule at first it was kind of like all over the place but now it's a schedule to where every day i'm sending out emails um mm -hmm. whether it's a weekly schedule on what we have going on um it's tips um it is engagement um i am now an amazon influencer so i send out an item of the week that i highlight it could be on health it could be on fitness equipment um just different things that i feel like people need because again i'm just not targeting my clients that work right, out with right. me I'm I am targeting just the health industry this the fitness industry so that that see that's the key right there um in looking for clients you you really have to target the people who don't know that they need to be your client 
If you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, so, exactly. So we have the email list there. What other strategies did you guys use? What about social media like Facebook, Instagram, things like that? Definitely capitalize on those because those are free. Um, that's free. Now, here's where it gets tricky because your Instagram and your Facebook pages are the pages that the people that follow you, the people that you know. So the, the gray area in that is crossing over from your neutral audience to connecting with people you don't know. So this is where you invest in buying ads. Uh, Facebook and Instagram have ads so where you can purchase that, you know, your flyers and your videos to circulate to other audience that might not be within your within your mutuals. Right. Mm -hmm. So you do that. And I ran those a lot. Maybe every three months I was doing ads. Um, this allows you to center your audience so you can choose where this goes to. When the pandemic hit, a little plus for me was that I had already had somewhat of a, a following on Instagram, but not for my fitness business. Okay. So I had to transition from having my own personal page to having a, a page for just body work. So I trans that I transitioned that maybe like two years into it. So I didn't start out that way. So now I have to I have to transition my followers to come over here to this and then also bring new followers. So I'm not trying to get these people that I don't know to my personal page. I want them to come to my business page. So in that, I will put on my personal page to my friends, hey, drive five people over here to body work and then I'll give you this. Always having something in the bag to give, whether it's doing a cash app raffle where I'm cash apping the first 10 people who share this, uh, $10 or you know, you get a free shirt or you get a free water bottle because I have affiliated programs with Coldest Water Bottle too. So mm -hmm. it, whether it was that or, um, you know, just doing a random um, flood. And then I also created this thing. This was really, really cool. Is doing a Facebook thread where you get a couple of your, your colleagues or entrepreneurs, you get them in, you guys get a group or a hub on Instagram, right? And then you guys within each other, you select certain times of the day that you are all going to post a specific flyer for that person's business. Everyone gets their own day or they get their own time. And what we'll do on this one day, you got 25 to 50 people circulating this information in this one business. And every one of us gets out of it. We did that for like a month. And that, that gains a uh, different audience, different followers. So just taking different strategies to transition from my personal social media page to my business page. Now, once you get that business page going, now you take that business page and you do your ads to uh, attract people from other states, other countries, and then, then you start it. Now, before they didn't have all these cool things like reels and TikTok and all those things weren't popping. Now we have those things, so definitely capitalize on them as much as you can. TikTok will take you to a whole nother level on the rest of your social media pages because TikTok has a wider audience. So, and it's free, so you can connect with people all over and then draw and take your TikTok page to drive your other social media pages. Very nice. Thank you for that very detailed explanation. I appreciate that. <sighs> so, I mean, out of all of the lead generation sources that you listed, which one worked the best for your business? TikTok, but I and I and I only can say that because of the pandemic when I needed virtual clients because I was working virtually. But mm -hmm. even um, like now, because virtual is kind of dying out in our on our side in um, California, mm -hmm. but that was more beneficial because it gave me an opportunity to share what I do 
to people who needed me. Right. So I, so I, TikTok is definitely, but, but the crazy part about you, like you have to know how to navigate it. And now because it's so technical, you got to kind of know how to use it. But, but for me, honestly, it would be TikTok. TikTok. So TikTok for the virtual uh, aspect of your business? Yes, because it, it links you with people who are not by you. Right. I mean, like the, 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 the chances of you really connecting with a large audience of people that are by you are slim to none. Because TikTok's algorithms will really push you out to people. You'll be like, oh, you're in Africa, you know, and you have uh, about a thousand followers yeah, from yeah. the UK. And you're like, wow, you go to Instagram and you can't even get the people that live next door to you. But TikTok, yeah. for sure, it will help with your virtual audience and it will help drive traffic to your other social media pages. Gotcha. Okay. So what about for the in-person? What did you say was the best lead, gen lead generation source for you? posting my clients more than posting me. So um, I, as a fitness instructor, I live by the rule that I, my body is not my business card because in fitness, a lot of people show their bodies, you know, to attract people because everybody wants this ideal body. But what I can teach you, what I can do for you, how I can train you, my body is not representation for that. Because I, 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 for me, yes, I, I helped myself lose 95 pounds, right? I started out 290 something pounds. The lowest I got was 215. And that was like within a year. So that's like, oh, you can do that. But, but on the other side of that, people would look at me now and not know that I was 295, three, four years ago. So right. you're looking at me now. So you'll be like, oh, she can't really help me because the, she's big herself, right? But the idea is I, I showed myself what I can do. So I'm good. Like I don't, if I never lose 80, 90 pounds again, I'm straight because I seen what I can do. And I know that I'm healthy. My goal now is to maintain my health and continue to be strong, uh, continue. Now I want to build muscle. So I have my own goals. So my goal is not to look like you. So my business card can't be my body because I'm not striving to be the reflection of anybody. I'm striving to be my best reflection. So when I'm getting clients, I have to show them what my clients have gone through. So I right. always post videos of them. I get testimonies from them. Like when I, I would have after every class, I would do an interview with all of my clients really quick. Just tell them how they like the experience, use sound bites and like calling cards so that that would be my brand, right? So at the end of the video, they would know what to say. Um, then I post that video, right? And then people see, oh, that's so-and-so. They came to your class? Oh, wow. Okay, she came. And this is, everybody looks different. Everybody's different sizes. And now you see somebody that's a reflection of you. So it's like, oh, I want to come. So now that I'm posting the clients, I'm not posting me. Like no, no, people didn't know the driving force behind body work until the pandemic. Nobody knew. They just knew that they seen people of all sizes having fun and working out. Where do I get to that class? But yeah. now people see Akilah and they're like, oh, wow, you're a whole vibe because of social media on TikTok now. But before then, you only I only posted my clients. I posted what they were doing, keeping mm -hmm. up with them. Also, um, you know, just, there's a word, I can't even think of it now, but highlighting them and their results and their accomplishments. Every quarter, there was an inspiration award that I would give to a client. And that was just about their journey and what they brought to body work and what they've been working on. Having a rotation of your clients, their, you know, their progress, 
that is what brings other people. Yeah, absolutely. So one more question for you before we sign out. Okay. Talk to us a little bit about some of your goals for 2023 and what the future looks like for body work. 2023, I'm trying to bust out the seams of my location. <laughs> like I'm trying to bust out of there. I, I want to get to the point where I have no choice but to add more classes because I have so many bodies that want to work out. That is one of the goals. I want to bust out this because I feel like I don't need to get a space until I have reason for the space. And in mm -hmm. fitness, you have this influx of enrollment because, you know, people have times and seasons where they want to work out. So I just want to get to that place where the, the body count is so consistent that I have no choice but to say, hey, babe, that's my husband because he's going to have to be the person that gets it right and pay for it. I say, babe, I need a building. I need a bigger spot. Um, that's going to cost for more equipment because now I have to give different classes because guess what? I got staff now. So that is the goal. And I feel like I'm, I feel like it's inching to there. So that's, that's one of the goals. The other goal is I want to um, be able to have my own tools and my own um, products for my clients. Like I make a lot of people a lot of money <laughs> with referring them out using different equipment because I have mm -hmm. a large virtual base. So the virtual base means I have to tell them how where to get the equipment for this class. So I'm sending them out to different people, right? Not only that, people are looking at me and they want to know where do I get all my stuff from my clothes um, to the tools that I use because I'm a big girl and it's not really easy for people to find workout clothes that are suitable for this size. So just being able to have my own, my own line, my own products, you know, just my own things where I don't have to keep outsourcing my clients yeah. to other people. I feel like that money should come to me. Keep the money in the family. Keep the money in the family, you know, so that would be number two. And number three would definitely be to scale up because I want to start seeing a profit from body work. Yes. I want body work to be profitable. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. This is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. So listen, what you want to do is you want to blink your eyes one or two times and then pray for me and I will show up. But what you can do in the meantime is go follow me on my social media platforms. That's Body Work Fit. And that's W-E-R-K, not W-O-R-K. Uh, check me out, subscribe on my website so that you can be in loop with all the activities and events that come from me. It's at bodyworkfit.com. And then you do definitely want to follow me on TikTok because the whole Fit Fam and the whole Big Energy crew is on there. I'm posting workouts. Um, I'm posting uh, funny content, motivational content on my TikTok. So definitely follow us there. So anywhere you go on YouTube, Facebook, it's Bodywork Fit. Love it. Akila, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. Definitely okay. looking forward to seeing what oh, you're going to be able to accomplish down the road. I'm just so glad that I got an opportunity to share uh, with the Jim Lord family. And Emily, you has been amazing on this interview. Thank you for you guys um, and anybody listening. Just thank you for taking an ear and let your girl know, you know, that you listened and you, you, you heard this and give me some feedback. Yeah. Listen to what the lady says, y'all. Also, <laughs> don't forget if y'all want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords, out. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.